country. And urban India. Honey, it's not all about the Kama Sutra. My experience is when I've gone to medical stores and health and glow to buy condoms, right? Um, people just stare at you like it's such a bizarre and shocking thing that for someone to do, right? Because sex is something natural and it happens and people do it, right? But still, when you go out there to buy something, you know, they just look at you like it's a forbidden thing for me to do and I'm still doing it. So me and my boyfriend were in a relationship for a year and a half and my parents knew about it. But uh, no matter how broad-minded they were, sex was something that they still weren't okay with. They would not be okay with because they believed that that's something that happens after marriage. It was his birthday and we were supposed to spend the night together um, in this place. But it didn't work out. So we had no options and we decided that I would sneak into his house. So we waited for his parents to fall asleep. I was supposed to sneak out in the morning. But unfortunately, <laughs> his mom woke up early and uh, before we woke up. So, I had to sneak out while she was there and it was very scary but exciting. Well, hello there. You just heard the testimony of Nabila from Bangalore in India. Only pseudonyms have been used in this podcast to represent the names of young contributors, making it secretive, exciting and simply ethical. Nabila was recounting her experiences buying condoms from chemists and sneaking into her boyfriend's place to have sex. Her boyfriend's parents' place? Oh, that's right. The parents were there. Please note, all contributions are over the age of 18. But why is a young adult in India feeling ashamed to buy condoms? What are the social stigmas creating these feelings of shame? And what effect is that having on young Indian adults who are exploring their sexuality and will need to seek sexual health advice? These are important questions with no simple answer, and we are ready to face them head on. That's right. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am Natalie. And this is Ruchi, and you're listening to the first of our podcast series, Sex, Shame and Urban India. Honey, it's not all about the Kama Sutra. There are two common ways that Western media talk about sex in India. They either take a dark tone, exposing the violations women in India face, whether it be through arranged marriages, the atrocious gang rapes, or the illegality of homosexuality. Next to India for a story about marriages, but not necessarily with a living happily ever after ending. The women of the Gulabi gang are fighting back against rapists, brutal husbands, and corrupt police officers. If necessary, using sticks. There's outrage in India once again after another woman was sexually assaulted. Proud gay Indians who now say they fear being forced back into the closet. Here, India is portrayed as underdeveloped. You know. Those nations over there, don't touch them. With backward views on premarital sex and conservative ideas about sexual practices and preferences. We aim to disrupt these stereotypes and bring to you different accounts about sexuality among young urban Indian adults. But it's not all doom and gloom. Western media also love to talk about the mystical and exotic land of India. Ooh, the Kama Sutra sex positions carved on the Khajuraho temples or the naughty yoga stunts you could use to please your man or woman. 
Ironically, some of the raunchiest sexual practices advertised in Western media come from what is also depicted as one of those third world countries. Third world countries. As for the third world, countries on the UN's list of least developed nations. Third world countries. In our show, we want to rip apart these assumptions and confront the lack of dialogue about young Indians and their sexual escapades. But it's not just the Western media that is guilty of misrepresenting. The Indian media also contributes to the upkeep of stereotypes. But the narration there is a little bit different. Popular news channels or much of public debate in India paints a rosy picture of respectable youth culture. What does that mean? Girls and boys are seen as pious and morally respectable, unlike India's evil Western counterparts that are assumed to be hypersexual. Indian media promotes Indian culture as pure and dignified, unlike a corrupt West, because young Indian adults here do not do bad things. Youth today is losing their origin just to be free in this modern world. By faking their culture, they do not mean to be what they are. This all to Western outlook will land them nowhere but in trouble. Late night parties, smoking, drinking in one bug religion for the youth now. But they have lost their own traditions in the darkness of modernization. In either cases, of Western media and Indian media tales, the people's personal and unique experiences are too often ignored. Which is why we're here. Our show includes a variety of real-life testimonies by young Indians themselves, talking about their desires and fantasies. Not surprisingly, none of these accounts are the same. Now, when we say Indians, who exactly do we mean? In this case, we speak about urban, English-educated, middle-class young Indian adults. The testimonies will open your eyes to matters of advantaged young adults negotiating love, sex and desire in India. But what does being urban, privileged and young in India mean? We do not wish to advocate expert answers to difficult questions, nor do we claim to define Indian sexuality. Our podcasts are only a platform for displaying unique and unheard voices of Indians. But hang on, why would these privileged and wealthy Indians have anything to complain about? Why choose these richy riches, you ask? Where are the impoverished, starving, half-naked fakirs? Half-naked fakirs, a word famously used by Winston Churchill to describe the frugally dressed Mahatma Gandhi. Again, this is a popular imagination of the millions of poor in India, also assumed as backward, uneducated, ultra-conservative. Poverty or lack of education is not necessarily the cause of problems faced by sexually active young adults in India. And privilege does not always solve the problem. Take Nabila, for example, the privileged city girl whose testimony we heard at the beginning of this podcast. She had to sneak in and out of her own boyfriend's home to spend time with him. And she spoke of the discomfort she was made to feel when she tried to buy condoms in a chemist. A goddamn medical site. We have many more testimonies like this that break down stereotypes of Indians and raise questions of desire and sexuality that are so relatable. Here is a taster of the exciting topics we will be covering every week on our show. Health clinics. What are Indian gynecologists like? Just how accessible is sexual health advice in India? Sex education. 
Knowing your body and how to conduct safe sex is essential. We are going to get real serious about a lack of sex education in India. Queer experiences. What does it mean to be queer, gay, lesbian or bisexual in India? Virginity and intimacy. Does virginity equal sex? Let's explore this concept. Technology and fantasy. Discovering long-distance relationships and exploring love and longing through technology. Desire. Favorite crushes, beauty standards. How much of this is white fetish? Our next podcast is going to expose the problem of social stigma and public shaming by medical practitioners. What exactly are young Indian adults experiencing when they visit sexual health clinics? Tune in and find out more on our next podcast.